Um, I was there early on, took care of some of our largest customers globally, then was asked to build the, um, the global enterprise and strategic teams, taking care of the top brands. I mean, every brand, you can, Microsoft and Sony and Apple and, and all of these. Um, and had a great experience building and scaling that team. It ended up that at the end I had about 120 CSMs managing a $400 million book of business and we were trying to do that on custom spreadsheets and dashboards and a few fields on Salesforce. Yeah. So after, after a dec decade of being one of the early customer success managers and, and we, we, I felt like built a lot of best practices, I felt like you know it'd be great to go and build a solution that I wish I would have had for, for my team and I. Um, and that's where I, I, I left Adobe and decided to, to go and build a kind of a labor of love and a pursuit of, of, of based on pains I felt um, and build a company that I'm the founder of now, which is a client success. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is Stephen Cummins, your host. In this episode, I chat with Dave Blake, founder and CEO of Client Success, a SaaS startup that delivers software that helps you build lasting relationships. It's a customer success platform founded in Lehigh, Utah in 2014 that empowers SaaS companies to maximize revenue and minimize churn. After a decade in the trenches of account management and customer success, Dave decided to leave and build the solution he'd always wanted. His solution is built for CSMs by CSMs. It's built to be easily scalable and configured just as easily. It has taken on modest amounts of investment capital, just $6 million. Qualtrics, a fellow Silicon Slopes tech company, is mentioned as a possible pre-IPO in the interview, but has since, of course, been acquired for the princely sum of $8 billion by SAP. Great to meet you, Dave, here in Sastock for 40 Minutes of SAS. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Stephen. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, could you give us a, a kind of a short two-minute rendition of, uh, of your life uh, up until the founding of uh, Client Success? Yeah. Um, so a, a lot to, to unwind there. So I'm a, I'll just start by saying that I'm a father of five, married wow. to my wife for, uh, let's see, 21 years. Um, and uh, I'm impressed already. Yeah. And so I, first and foremost, I, I'm proud that I'm a, a, a father and a husband and had a great professional career. Um, starting out, I actually graduated from Brigham Young University in accounting but I've never done accounting the rest of my career. I, I've been in technology consulting for and technology and SaaS for most of my career. I started in, in uh, tech consulting uh, with Arthur Anderson's business consulting group clear back in the day, doing Oracle implementations, and, uh, and then made my way to, um, into SaaS and have been into SaaS for you know, 15 plus years now and just had a, had a great experience in that. That's a long time to be in SaaS. Yeah. It's roughly the only time I've been in it, and not many people, even in this building, can say that. Yeah, yeah, I feel fortunate to, 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 for the ride that I've been on, for the, uh, the uh, companies I've been worked for, and also to, to be a founder, which we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about as well. Oh, we will. And you're based out in uh, Utah. Uh, what town in Utah again? Uh, I'm, I live in a town called Pleasant Grove, Utah. Okay. Just outside of Salt Lake City. 
We call uh, Utah Silicon Slopes right now Yep. Uh, because it's uh, a great SaaS ecosystem, but just in general, just a wonderful place to live. Uh, sure. I've lived in London for a couple of years. I lived in Southern California, LA and Orange County area, but have always made my way back to Utah because you've got, uh, you've got the mountains and skiing in the winter and you go down south and you're in Zion National Park and some of the best, the most beautiful places in the world. And, um, so we've, uh, we really enjoy Utah and it's been a great place for us. You've got some massive uh, companies, uh, SaaS companies up there yeah. in, in, uh, in Salt Lake City. I'm trying to think of the one that has a huge office here that bootstrapped its way until about two years ago. Yeah, uh, Qualtrics. Qualtrics is the one I'm thinking about. Qualtrics, they have a massive office here. You know, we've got Qualtrics. They're about to go IPO. It rumored is sometime this year, wow. I would imagine in the next few months. Amazing story. Uh, um, and we've got uh, Adomo which went IPO, inside sales and plural site. Um, and so the, the, the SaaS ecosystem has been great. And you know, I was, it, it started in Utah with WordPerfect actually. Ah. Was the, the real, better version of Word basically. Yeah, if, if, if you remember back, way back yep. in the WordPerfect days yep. that was acquired by Novell, that was founded in, in, uh, in, in Utah. I that, never knew that. Yeah, and that's what, that, uh, that's kind of a, the, the, the um, seed of technology in Utah. And then uh, the next big company that, that had a great uh, outcome was a company called Omniture. Oh, wow. Um, the, the leading web analytics company in the yeah. world. And, um, and Omniture um, went IPO and then was acquired by Adobe and, um, and put a lot more capital back in and a lot more innovation into the market. And, and then Adobe's grown there. And so you kind of have this perpetual, um, you know, some, some large success um, that, that has an exit, puts more capital back in the market and fuels further innovation and startups and that's, that's the, the kind of the history of SaaS. And, and well, speaking technology. of innovations and uh, Utah, one of my favorite clients is a company called Academic Innovations down in St. George, uh -huh. which of course is, I think it's over 400 kilometers away from you, which is almost the length of Ireland, you know. Yeah. We, so right. we're just a little under 500 kilometers. People forget how big the US is, even though it's the same state. Yeah. And a couple of the employees, at least two I know of exactly five kids. So yeah. uh, you guys That's, have a lot of children in Yeah, in, in, we do. It's quite amazing. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I think part of my, my, uh, my story as well is I come from a family of, of seven kids. Wow, And okay. um, my parents had seven kids. Um, uh, we had um, five brothers. I have five brothers, and they've all been. I've got one, who, two of them who are other are CEOs as well. That's amazing. Another one who's a uh, patent attorney, and another one who's a, a, um, a leading marketing uh, leader out wow. there. And so, part of my history is uh, is uh, having great influence and kind of a competitive rivalry with my <laughs> with my brothers and and. Uh, you know, each of us trying to beat one another, and we've tried to tried to be leaders wherever we are, and that's been a, that's been a great influence on my my life and my leadership style. Well, client success certainly um, has that leadership uh, element to it because you're 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 a strong leader in in the very competitive space, which is customer success in, in G two crowd. Yeah. Um, how important uh, is that sort of validation for you as a company and? How did you how did you come to to create this company? Yeah, um, I, I've created the company because uh, it, during my journey with uh, with Omniture very early on, I, I started in Omniture in 2003, and um, and was on that journey from hyper growth to IPO to acquisition by Adobe, and then came with Adobe uh, for another three years, so a 10-year span. 
uh, I was always in what we called account management back then, which has now become uh, customer success management or client success management. Um, I was there early on, took care of some of our largest customers globally, then was asked to build the, um, the global enterprise and strategic teams, taking care of the top brands. I mean, every brand, you can, Microsoft and Sony and Apple and, and all of these. Um, and had a great experience building and scaling that team. It ended up that at the end I had about 120 CSMs managing a $400 million book of business and we were trying to do that on custom spreadsheets and dashboards and a few fields on Salesforce. Yeah. So after, after a dec decade of being one of the early customer success managers and, and we, we, I felt like built a lot of best practices, I felt like you know it'd be great to go and build a solution that I wish I would have had for, for my team and I. Um, and that's where I, I, I left Adobe and decided to, to go and build a kind of a labor of love and a pursuit of, of, of based on pains I felt um, and build a company that I'm the founder of now, which is Client Success. And we are a customer success management platform, very tailored to, um, to uh, we're the solution and the tool that, that customer success managers around the world use to, um, to manage the existing customer base and maximize that revenue. Now, uh, for listeners who might know at a high level what customer success means, um, you know, could, could you take us a little deeper into it? For me, customer success is, uh, you know, uh, really uh, understanding what a successful outcome is for your customer, yeah. and then doing everything you can to make that happen. Equally, employee success, partner success, investor success, even if you want to take it that far, but really, customer, employee, and partner, very very strong. Would you would you agree with that definition? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the the um, the, the main focus for customer success managers is to understand the customers intimately, understand their objectives, um, their, their definition of value, what their desired outcomes is a, is a phrase that several people use, and then do whatever they can to help the, the customers achieve those objectives uh, with your solution. Um, and that they're kind of the shepherd throughout the life cycle, the post-sales life cycle, that helps the, the customer get the value and also helps the organization take care of that customer um, because it's a, it's a team sport. We say customer success is definitely a team sport and, and so our, our platform drives that process, drives that visibility and uh, ensures uh, that there's high retention and growth within the existing customer base. And, and what, would, what separates yourselves from the competition? Because it is quite a competitive yeah. space. What, is the, what, what makes um, your solution particularly special in this domain, so successful? Yeah, the great question. So coming from the space and being in the, in the trenches from frontline CSM to an executive, the one thing that I knew is when I, uh, when I founded the company is said, I want to build a solution that has an amazing user experience that simplifies the process. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a big believer that if customer success teams uh, s uh, manage to some simple fundamentals, of engagement, of uh, uh, proactive um, best practices and those things, that they'll have success. So we, we from the very beginning, built a solution that ha had very quick time to value, yeah. that was more configuration than hardcore implementation, yeah. and that uh, that drove a, uh, that was built for CSMs, by CSMs. Very good. That yeah. they could relate to, that they felt it was easy to use, and so from a, from a, um, from that perspective, 
we've removed complexity, we, we don't have really long, we have short implementation times and, and a solution that, that really resonates with frontline customer success managers and their leaders. So you were basically your own customers before you built the solution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the funny thing about it is that uh, it's a very interesting space that we use our platform every day, all day. Sure. And so I always joke when somebody comes, a, a customer, and, and asks us about, uh, you know, uh, or suggests a feature request, I can guarantee you that we've already got it on the list because we know the, the, the uh, we know the strengths and we also know the some of the pain points and, and challenges as our, our platforms and we've, sure. we've identified that. We, we were talking a little earlier about uh, customer success and as you know, I was one of the early yeah. CSMs. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing was we were paid by sales, believe it or not, yeah. initially. And uh, uh, I, I left the company a couple of times. The first time to go travel around the world and honeymoon with my wife for a long, long period of time. and. Uh, uh, so I left as a CSM uh, the first time, and I was I was part of the sales department. Believe it yeah. or not, um, these uh, I think about six months, twelve months later, Salesforce um, kind of separated the the two and uh, created a you know worked out how to create a healthy tension. Um, mm -hmm. Tension is probably not a good word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, a healthy course. balance between driving forward and ensuring that you're doing things right on the way forward. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, for me, it actually worked, but mm -hmm. I know as a, as a general thing across the, the globe, it didn't work, uh, yeah. having the two mixed. What are your thoughts on that? You know, uh, that I get that question all the time, and it's always in the context of who owns the renewal and who owns expansion. And my answer is it really depends. Um, and for me, the decision comes down to is how complex is your your renewals and your expansion discussions are they uh, in, involving procurement are they a, a deep negotiation um, and if so I recommend that sales owns the renewal and the expansion if it's very simple and easy and your customer success staff and, and team members can handle those conversations and that that part even in a simple form then it may be okay to have customer success own it but regardless, what I really like to foster is a, a really, um, it can be have a, 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 a little bit of tension. Uh, that's what you typically see. I really believe that if you can get sales and customer success on the same page, you clearly define roles and responsibilities. Um, and you both look at it as we both share. We're both successful. If, uh, if the customer success manager takes care of the customer, uh, day in and day out and drives value like we talked about they understand their definition of value and drives it yeah and the sales the sales rep comes in as a equal partner and and takes care of the commercial side of the business uh, you can have some really healthy very strong growth in that model and i saw that at amateur i see that in in a lot of organizations yeah uh, yeah yeah i think i think to to make it work i think on the you know to 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 work inside a sales domain i think you got to hire somebody who both is is capable of getting good product knowledge and good relationships with the customer, but isn't afraid to actually then come back after doing that good work and negotiate a uh, you know negotiate with them and work with them to yep. to renew and, and expand. And I, I suppose it's about hiring for those sort of those sort of skills or that potential to, to grow into that role. Yeah. Um, what what's your vision for client success um, over the next three? four years because yeah. it looks like a space where there's still a lot of growth to go yeah it, it's we're in a, a very um, we're in a great space we love the space uh, customer success management uh, that title is one of the fastest growing titles in tech 
Um, and so we feel like we've barely scratched the surface on, on our potential. We're, we're looking forward to um, continuing to be in the space, leading in the space, innovating in the space. Um, and what you see is uh, we see the um, customer success going beyond just B2B SaaS. Okay. You see a lot of other uh, types of industries that are, doing, that are managing an existing customer base, and we want to be on the forefront of, of innovation and thought leadership in that regard. Fantastic. Now, if you were to give uh, one golden or two golden pieces of advice yeah. to anybody looking to set up a business of their own in this magic world of SaaS, in this magic garden here in SaaS yeah. stock, uh, from your experience, what are the one or two things you'd say to them before they jump out of that plane? Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, uh, maybe I'll give, be very specific on, on customer success and then I'll talk about that's uh, a, as a founder. That's all good. Uh, if, if you're jumping out of a plane and start, starting customer success at your organization, I think it starts at the top and that, that deals with the founder. CEO has to be bought in and they have to look at customer success as a culture, not a department. So that's a big advice that I have. I think as a founder, um, I, I think it's all about hiring the right leadership um, and building off leadership and making sure, even I'm a customer guy, making sure they're customer focused. Um, because a lot of times you focus on just SaaS and your own, your own excuse me, sales, you focus on, on product, but, it's, but those, those are not aligned to, to really um, your customer. And so I really understanding your customer well. And um, some people say, don't listen to your customers because if you do, you're gonna build. I disagree with that. I think you listen intently. A lot of times your most vocal customers will be your best source of learning. And so embrace your most vocal uh, customers. Um, make sure all of those excellent leaders that you've hired um, are listening to your customers. And, and I think that's, that's a recipe for success. Dave Blake, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming up and uh, giving us the interview here on 14 Minutes of SaaS. All right, thanks Stephen, great to be thanks here. Thanks a million. Next episode, we stay in Sastock in Dublin and listen to the remarkable story of Dr. David Darmanin's startup awakening at four o'clock in the morning in Malta that led to the founding of Hotjar, software used by marketers, product managers, and UX designers that helps you rapidly understand your customers with website session replay, heat maps, analytics surveys, and in-session questioning. It had 60,000 signups in the first six months, and it's now used by over 350 thousand companies in 184 countries. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series and give the show a rating. Thank you.